Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You mentioned Malik Monk. Probably goes without saying, but worth repeating. Uh, Malik Monk in today. Yeah, he said he's 100%. And and he actually— it's a dramatic I, turnaround. I, I think, <laughs> Goodness gracious. No, Delivered. I think he could have played on Saturday, and okay. Mike Brown finally said, like, look, the guy's dinged up. He, he had the wrist injury, and um, I talked to somebody, and they said, man, his wrist was totally swollen. They're, they were shocked that he played that day. Then it moved into his shoulder, and then he we show up, and he's got something, you know, shocking his calf. Mm. and he's just got a bunch of bumps and bruises. And again, we're talking about a player that is being asked to take on a different level of responsibility. And it's one thing when you're on a team that has no aspirations or has no chance. Even like last year, the Lakers, like that wasn't a good team, right? He got a bunch of minutes on a on a pretty bad Lakers team. Well, this is different. Like every single game matters. Every play matters. Like it's a, it's the intensity of this season is something that some of these players have to make an adjustment to. And so far, I think they've done an okay job of doing it. But in order to get over the hump and to be the team they want to be, this is it right now. Because if you don't, you talked about they've got to go 3-0 this week. Man, Orlando is tough. Mm-hmm. And they're tough matchups across the board. Paolo Bancaro is playing out of his mind. Uh, Franz Wagner is absolutely spectacular for them. Mm-hmm. Like, should have drafted him. Should yeah. Have. yeah. yeah. This Bad is a... By money a really, really tough team, and you can't just walk in and think that you're going to win, and then you get to Houston. Houston is so athletic and fast and fun. They're bad, but that doesn't mean that they can't sneak up and bite you, especially when you play them twice in the span of three days. These are games that you have to win. They're not, like, I don't think there are must-win games in January, Mm -mm. but if they don't win right now, they will not make the playoffs. Because I think, this, they, think every game, Kings game is a must-win. <laughs> like it feels like every game that they yeah. play, like they have to win. Yeah, because they don't pull away. They they never do. <laughs> that, that, they would have took care of business a week and a half ago. We'll see that. I got, be as imperative. Aha, <laughs> aha. That reminds me. Because I think James said something along the same lines. We were talking. You talking about pulling away. Talking about creating separation with the rest of these teams in the in the in the in the other spots. And you know, you've got the. You've got the, uh, uh, the, the the Suns losing a ton of games, Clippers losing a ton of games. I think each of them have lost six straight. But you look right now, Denver, Memphis, New Orleans, Dallas, Sacramento, and the Los Angeles Clippers. Those are the standings right now on January 9th. Um, I, know, I know both of you, and, and, I, and I understand this line of thinking, so I want to go back. I want to go back to the end of last season. Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, Dallas, Utah, and Denver. Those were the top six last year. Again, Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, Dallas, and Utah. You go back one year to the day. You go back January 9th last year. The standings. Golden State, Phoenix, Utah, 
Memphis, Dallas, and Denver. It's the same six teams. The same six teams, a little, little, little change in the order, but the same six teams that were in the uh, top six last year on January 9th are the same six teams that were in the top six at, at the end of the season. I think we're overblowing this, turning things on. And, and veteran teams are going to do this. Veteran teams are going to do that. I don't know that that's necessarily true. Some of these teams just might not be good enough. The Lakers are playing impressive ball right now. Are they going to be able to maintain that? Are they going to amplify it when Anthony Davis comes back? Is Anthony Davis going to get the Elijah Mitchell treatment where he comes back and he's right back out? What if something happens to LeBron James? What if happens to, something happens to one of the most critical role players? Right? We're all waiting for Devin Booker to come back. Okay, Devin Booker comes back. Are we sure that that Phoenix Suns team is fixable? Oh, Kawhi Leonard and, 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 and Paul George, they're taking like three-quarters of the season off. Okay. They're taking three-quarters of the season off. How much of a move are they going to make before this is all over? I think we're overblowing this a, a, a little bit too much. Kings, as, as James just laid out right there, 500 over the last, what you say, a game below 500 over the last, what, like 16? 16. And they're yeah. still in the fifth spot. At two games over 500, they're still in the fifth spot. Now, we could, we could try to predict how this season is going to turn out based on some of the teams that are behind them, but that just might not be the makeup of this season. It might not be. But I, last year, were there teams as good as the, the Warriors and potentially as good as what the Lakers are in those outside of six spots? It was this, this, this day last year, the Lakers fell out of the top six. Mm-hmm. And we saw yeah, the direction yeah. that they went. Yeah, right. they went in a completely different direction. They were descending. Right. I, I would yeah. say they're ascending. And the, I think it, it, Minnesota, no, because Minnesota, like there was, I don't know if there's a team as good. It, it, like I just, but I also don't know, I don't know that the Lakers are good. I, I know that I they're still, playing better. Golden State, yeah, okay. Like you're, you're, you're playing ball. Like Steph Curry's coming back. Great. You got in this position. Steph Curry was playing. Mm-hmm. I, I we're 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 projecting of what all these teams are going to do. But right now, this is a this is a big sample size we have of the NBA season. We're 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 approaching the literal midway point, mm-hmm. not the All Star Game midway point, but the literal midway point. And this just might be who these teams are. It, it might be. It, it might it might be. I don't think they are. I think the Clippers will be better. I think the Warriors will be better. So even if those two are better and say the Kings get knocked out, I mean, you're still in the plan. I don't I don't believe the Kings fall to 11th this year. I don't believe they're that type of team. So they'll be in some type of postseason situation. But with just looking at the Kings and not looking at necessarily the rest of the West, it feels like right now is your opportunity to at least create a bit of a buffer, and you're failing to do that. It feels like all you you need is, and maybe the Kings had theirs, is the one win streak. The frustrating thing is the one win streak has put the Kings two games under five hundred, Dallas or two games above five hundred. Excuse me, Dallas's one win streak has put them five games above five hundred mm-hmm. because they've essentially been the same thing. Yeah. Outside of that win streak, they've been up, they've been down, they've been up, they've been down, they've been up, they've been down the entire season. But they've got that win streak to hang their hat on. The Kings win streak just puts them two games above 500. If you could just string together three, get to the elusive five games above 500, you know, maybe maybe that can do it. I just, but the the, the point in all of that was I, I I I don't think that mad rush of teams is coming. There's probably a couple of teams to watch, but again, 
Phoenix ain't one of them. And, and, and that's what I mean. Phoenix but my concern, Phoenix are we sold that Golden State is one? Yeah, but right. my concern, we look at all of this. We look where the Kings are at right now. They have 20 wins right now. Uh, the Utah Jazz, who are the 12th seed, also have 20 wins. They got 23 losses, though. But it <laughs> like doesn't matter. You still got to win up games. Wins. Yeah, but you can make up wins. You can't make up losses. No, I, I get that. I get that. But the Kings are, like, so dangerously close. If they don't take care of business over these next six games and build some sort of buffer against sub-500 teams, they're not going to be anywhere near the 5-6. They might be able to hold on for a 10, a 9-10, but if you want to actually be a playoff team, which a play-in team is not a playoff team, if you want to be a playoff team, one of the eight teams that go on to a seven-game series, this is this might be it right now, where if you mm-hmm. can't get these wins against sub-500 teams at home, you're in trouble. Yeah. Saturday was so frustrating because it wasn't just LeBron. If LeBron beat your ass, LeBron, yeah. like, what do you— Oh, great! Good for you, Sacramento. You're on, you're on a you're on a very accomplished list here. Mm-hmm. The problem is everything else. The fact that they legitimately scored at will. The fact that we're up at the stupid draft lounge watching the Lakers dunk every other possession, score in the you know uh, lay it up, every just scoring at the basket with ease. It felt like the whatever semblance of growth or maybe hope on the defensive end, got obliterated by the Los Angeles Lakers on Saturday. And and we're back to whatever the hell. We're back to two dribbles. We're back to not knowing. <laughs> I don't know if they're doing my game plan. I don't know. We're back to the Luke Walton era. Well, and that brings up a good point, too, because Kamara talked about um, it's on the players. And I agree with Kamara. I absolutely agree with Kamara. I've said that since this show started. However... It was very – I was a one-man wolf pack because everybody said, Luke Walton, it's his job as coach to teach these guys, put them in position, have them ready, and all this other stuff. I disagree. I like They got to play better defense as players. But it was Luke Walton's fault when they couldn't stop nobody before. Now the players got to do better instead of Mike Brown needs to do a better job of having these guys ready. Well, is the difference that we, we, we saw them play better defense this year. Yeah, and maybe, I mean this still isn't a may, great defensive unit, and maybe but, the players just stepped up for that moment. Not the coaches did anything different. Well, it, I don't know how we would ever answer this question. Then I'd also say I think it's the players all the time. That's that's how I would answer it. I'd also say that this team has looked okay defensively against bad teams. Against good teams, they have not looked okay, and their offensive efficiency against good defensive teams drops substantially, which makes their defense worse. That's where you get your transition buckets. That's where you start giving up offensive rebounds, all that stuff. You know, we talk about um, just, you know, Keegan Murray averaging 3.7 rebounds a game. The Kings are still second or third in the league in defensive rebounding percentage because they have Sabonis, but also because they had done other things. And, like, it, it feels like there is, someone fails in almost game, every game, and you're hoping that, like, a couple of guys step up and succeed mm-hmm. outside of Fox and Sabonis, who have just been very consistent and, and very solid for this team outside of a couple of games for Fox there in the middle. But, you know, you have to have all of these guys figure out how to step up on the defensive end each and every night. It can't be, you know, here and there. It, it mm-hmm. just can't be. And how many games in a row are we looking at, you know, a team giving up? I think the Hawks had four guys with 20 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and, and now we're looking at the Lakers, 
who I think had four guys with 20 points as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, they did uh, between Bryant and LeBron and uh, Russ and um, Dennis Schroeder. So, like, it is, it's everyone getting beat. It's not the one guy putting up 50 points and beating you. It's everybody. And you got to figure out a way to get around that. You got, yeah. you know, the, the scheme itself is solid. It's proven in the past that it can win, but it only works if everyone is moving together. Just like the offensive side, we've seen how beautiful basketball works with this team when everything is moving, 30 assist games, 37 assist games. Well, it's the same thing on the defensive end. Everyone has to move together, and they just haven't figured it out. The, the, at the end of the day, you know, we talk about, like, even I question, you know, Mark, Mike Brown needs to do this and this and that. I mean, these players, it's, it's, it's always going to be on them, in my opinion. It's always going to be on them. We talk about Terrence Davis, and he needs to empower Terrence Davis. Terrence Davis needs to empower himself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he needs to look in the mirror and be like, hey, what can I do to get myself out of a funk if I'm playing four minutes or 34 minutes? You know, Keegan Murray, he's got to get boards. They've got to defend. Those guys have to defend better. I don't care what Mike Brown says to them or scheme he comes up with. They've got to get better. They've got to have a level of personal pride to say, man, the Los Angeles Lakers saw 61% from the field on me. 61%. Like, that's not good enough. We, we got to do something, whether I'm a guard and I got to say I got to buckle down, I got to stay in my stance a little bit more, or I need to communicate on the switches and whatever the case may be. There's only so much that that coaching staff can do for those guys until they get out there on the court. They've got to figure out a way while they're out there to to play much better than what they have on the defensive end. Yeah, and, and you look at the team they're playing against tonight in Orlando, and this is a team that they beat, right, um, early in the season on a a three pointer at the like near the buzzer in overtime. Um I think they gave up seventy eight points in the paint that night. Yep. Which was startling. That's if you can't figure out how to seal off the paint, you're just gonna get killed. We we looked at the number earlier. They were down twenty in that game. Mm-hmm. And the number of threes Orlando hit was four. Total they hit for the game? Four threes in that game and had a 20 point lead against Sacramento. Whew. Yeah. Mm. One of my first time, uh, one of my first games, um, in, like my first year, Denver came in against the Kings and I think they scored 90 or 92 points in the paint and they, they finished with like 108 points, but like 12 of them came at the free throw line. I think they had one three-point make and one jumper, uh, mid-range jumper the entire game. Everything else was points in the paint. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like the Kings haven't been here before historically. Um, but, you know, again, I, I don't even think it's that you don't have a shot blocker. That doesn't even matter. The problem that you have is that the guards and the forwards are letting everyone through. Like their rotation itself is just, it's not working. What they're doing on the perimeter is not working. And teams are, are getting past their guards. I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, De'Aaron Fox has done a perfectly fine job on most nights playing defense. Like I, I watched him fighting through screens. I watched him staying with Schroeder. Even like the the horrible call at the end of the game where they called him for the body. Mm-hmm. That was a joke. Playing, he had nowhere to go. Like his hands were back. He didn't make any like unnecessary uh, contact. 
for the NBA to not only give them that shot with two seconds left in a game, a deciding basket, but then on top of that, look at it on review and stick with the call. That's that's not a call you can make in the final seconds. But and then I, confirm it in the two-minute report. Yeah, and then confirm it, of course, of course. Um, well, they would never not confirm something that had already that's been confirmed. That's what I mean. Like this, this, the last two-minute report has become a circus. Oh, it's a, it's a joke. It's I, horrible for everybody. The Keegan Murray play is always the one that's going to be like, you're saying he made contact. We watched the video ten times. He does not touch Lori Marketing. Yeah. At all. He does not make contact with him. And you said in this, and you attached the video to it. In which you, you don't, he does not make contact. And on and the like, kick out, right? The what kick are out we play. watching? Yeah, the, the kick out play. The kick yeah. out play. Yeah. Like, yep. and, and go back through, you know, the kick out, it can be a flagrant. Mm-hmm. Right. Call it after the fact. Tag one on to him after. It doesn't feel which any they better. did last night, by the way, to somebody. They they you, it's, there's press, like it happens regularly. Yes. Yeah. C- uh, calls are upgraded. Like, Carson? look. I'm not going to put it on. Yeah. I'm not going to put it on the officials in, in most of these games. But in that particular moment where Fox is, you know, Fox doesn't get that call. He he just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, and for that matter, he didn't get the call on the half court heave where Russell Westbrook clearly hits his elbow. Like, and, and the three, the, the um, two minute report actually concedes that he makes yep. contact. Well, that's not there's marginal contact. There's no I believe, marginal the contact term. with the elbow. It's either <laughs> he didn't touch him or it's a foul. That's the way it goes. So for <laughs> that play specifically, but I think my point that I was trying to get to though was that I think Fox is playing really well defensively. I, I don't think he's playing outstanding or like lockdown great defense, but I think he's been solid. I think that Kevin Herter for stretches plays really solid defense. I I think that that Harrison Barnes for stretches plays really solid. You bring in Davion Mitchell, he plays really solid. We see Casey Paula out there fighting. The problem is that if you're not all moving together, it does not matter how good someone is doing individually. And that's just the way it is. They're getting caught on switches. They're getting caught on mismatches. Uh, good teams or veteran teams know how to beat them up, and it it's just a matter of time before they get the right switch. How many shots in that Lakers game do you remember coming down to the final two seconds of the shot clock. How many times against Memphis when they lost did they get a defensive stop and then give up an offensive rebound to Steven Adams and have to go right back to playing defense? Well, we discredit the fact that they got three or four defensive stops in one play, couldn't get the rebound, but still, like there are moments where this team does play defense. It's just they're not all playing together at one time. Yeah. And even with all that said, and both of you guys are right, everything that you guys said is right. We talk about tonight's game. Um, the Magic, they present certain problems. I still, like I said, if they don't take care of business this week, then I must have to start questioning myself about who I think they are. Yeah. This week hasn't happened yet. So I still think they're better than Orlando and these guys coming up. They have to play better. Like they have to execute better than what they have in some of these games as of late. But I still think this is a good team. I still think this is a team that um, should win the majority of their games at home. And when you go up a team that, I'm not going to call them bad or anything, but we'll say they're not elite, they should be able to take care of business. I, you'd hope so. But but again, they have to prove that they can do that. This is a team that has the shown... The power's gone out on the beam. 
Yeah. Uh, the, and it's the like being, the rest of Sacramento. Being, we talked about it uh, after the game. May, maybe the best and worst thing that ever happens oh, in the city. It's the worst. Because when it doesn't get lit, it is just. <laughs> it just ruins everything. Oh, it's just. The a, doom and gloom. Joko is so sad afterwards. So it just sad. absolutely ruins everything. So if you want a chance to have your night ruined by the beam not being lit, uh, we've got tickets to see the Sacramento Kings. Uh, take on Canada. Coming up on January 25th, uh, caller number three right now, 916-909-1320. Jesse will get you all set up again. Tickets to see the Kings uh, and Toronto, January 25th. Caller number three, 916-909-1320. Yeah, it's a downer, man. It is a downer when you're at the game and you're, you've are you got someone who flew across the country to see that damn beam and marginal contact is made uh, to De'Aaron Fox. What the hell was the contact that De'Aaron made to Dennis Schroeder if, if, if the contact to, to Russell Westbrook to De'Aaron Fox was marginal? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. yeah. Uh, See, and, and that's what we go back to. Like, you, you can't leave it in the hands of the judges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, 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 as frustrating as those moments are, because there have been a lot of them, you have to play better leading into those final moments. Yeah. Well, that and you can't just assume that De'Aaron Fox is going to hit every single bucket. I actually thought he was going to hit that last shot. (laughs) It it wasn't all. If he gets a shot, I think he's a little long, but it was right down the middle. It's going to be a beautiful celebration. Yeah, scored 17 points in the fourth again. It was was incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. Can can I ask both of you guys something about that real quick? Because there was something that that I saw during the game that I was like, man, I wonder if this is an issue. Fox is going off again, right? Fox is killing, absolutely killing, making everything. And then there was like a couple of possessions when they tried to run some for Kevin Herter, and it felt like everybody had just spent the last five minutes watching De'Aaron Fox, and there was nobody in rhythm, hmm. and it was just off. And then it was like De'Aaron was like, all right, well, I tried to pass. We got to win. I got to go back to work. <laughs> so, like, do you – did James, did you see – did you kind of see the same thing? Like, is that – it's crazy when a guy's playing that well in the clutch. Like, it's not his fault, like, that he's making buckets or whatever the case may be. But say he's doubled and they have to find somebody to hit a shot, is that a, a bit of an issue that these guys have just spent the last couple of possessions watching and they're not ready Pass to it go? back after the double. <laughs> I can tell you, in the fourth quarter, the Kings had two assists, and oh. I, I am not going to blame De'Aaron Fox for that because I can tell you that Kevin Herter went 0 of 5 from 3. Mm. Uh, Harrison Barnes went in the 0 for in one. the quarter in the quarter in mm. the fourth quarter he went 0 of 5 mm. in the fourth. Wow, yeah, yeah. And, I, and like I said, I don't even bring that up to like blame De'Aaron. It's just a weird quirk. No, right? De'Aaron did what he was supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, like, no, like, he he did his job. It's just like a weird quirk where it's you like, know, damn, these guys. You know, what can they do to feel more involved? Maybe or something? I'll say this: like, there is a way in which I believe that you do kind of turn all your your teammates off in those situations, and that is a guy who just keeps going in the post calling for it, and for like 17 consecutive plays, you try to score at the basket, right? And it becomes like this really slow, methodical thing. Or if De'Aaron Fox was to dance around on the perimeter for eight seconds every single time, and then he just keeps dribbling and dribbling, everyone's standing there. But that's not the way Fox is playing. Fox mm-hmm. is playing like balls to the wall. That's He's just flying up and down the court. He's getting He's breaking down their defense so fast. So if you're not ready in that situation, that's on you. Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, because I he is like, he's going for it. 
and you've got to respect that he's he's making them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can sit there and go, oh, man, I can't believe he just pulled up for that 20-foot fallaway jumper. Well, it was pure. Mm-hmm. Just keep going. Just keep – everyone has to keep up in those moments. And uh, and I am i don't have anything to – like De'Aaron Fox in the fourth quarter is, is one of the best players in the NBA. Phenomenal. What yeah, he did fourth on, quarter Fox is what, like literally such an elite player. It's crazy. What he did on Saturday was crazy. Some of the, the fallaways and – I mean, like you said, just pure. Like, just yeah. pure shots going through. Like, That's why Ufunga was, was rocking his jersey yesterday. Yeah, man, you know what it is. We'll come back. We'll talk more Kings basketball. We'll gear up for the Kings in Orlando when we return here. D'Lo Casey, James Ham on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. D-Lo and Casey. D-Lo and Casey continues on ESPN 1320. Appreciate you for being with us. We've got the national championship coming up at the top of the hour. The dogs and the frogs. Uh, Texas. Who you got, James? Uh, TCU and Georgia. Uh, I'm going to say TCU. Okay. He's, he's, he's going for the Cinderella story. That's, that's yep, it's yes. a good story, and why not? I ain't mad at it. It's too bad they lost that. It'd be a little bit more intriguing. I mean, it's not, the game's intriguing. It's the national championship. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just to have the luster of two undefeated teams yeah. uh, playing in the national championship would be good. But we've got you covered on that game. You can get full coverage of it here. Uh, on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Of course, we've got Kings basketball tonight. Kings taking on the Orlando Magic at the Golden One Center. I was going to ask you, can the Kings like what do the Kings need to do to get back on track? But I think the pro- more like the the first question leading into that might be are the Kings in fact off track? Like do you feel that they're are they fluttering? No, I think it's ebb and flow of the season. But the problem is that you're having you're having one of the the valleys. Mhm during a time where you need a peak because of your schedule. Because there's going to come tough times. Well, you need a valley, too, because of the way everybody else is playing. Or you need a peak, I mean, because everybody else is in the valley. Yeah, I mean, you could have... Some like, would say down in the valley. Like, put yourself way up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I see Thank that. Thank you, folks. Thank yeah. you, everybody. I'll be here all week. Yeah. 
I just you got the Suns losing six straight. You got the Clippers losing six straight. You kind of look around. Everyone, it's still Everyone. it's still amazing. Like they're just right there, two games above five hundred in in the fifth spot because of the way everyone else is playing and not because of the way that they're playing. Hmm. And that's the that's the thing that is encouraging and discouraging. Yeah. You you know you got to say well somebody's got to do something at some point. You would think. Yeah. You know, but may. But maybe they don't. We, well, we, don't we, know, we, we talk about runs like, you know, like Dallas, like Dallas is in the position they are because of the, the, the run that they went on. Sacramento was two games above 500 because of the seven game win streak. Los Angeles right now is on a run. They're playing good ball right now, but they're still they're They're still like a little, you know, back a ways. Mm-hmm. They're having a run is like, what's that run ultimately going to do? Is it going to put them in, in a better position when Anthony Davis returns? Yeah. Is, it, is, is, is this run real? Like, is this team really finding its groove and they're going to build something? Or is just this their run of the season that every other team seemingly in the conference has had and they'll fall back to those ebbs and flows of the season? I mean, you know, any team, I love LeBron James. It was a thrill to watch him on Saturday. But every team that he's on gets a little sketchy around the trade deadline because they all know the narrative surrounding LeBron James. There's this belief that LeBron James is running every team that he's on. And what's that mean for his teammates? Like, what do they got to go through for the next month or so? Well, they're rolling right now. And how does that affect their play? But Denver, Dallas... 76ers, then they get the Rockets and Kings, but Memphis, Portland, the Clippers, like their schedule gets tough, and then all of a sudden they got a five-game trip that's Boston, Brooklyn, uh, New York, Indiana, and the Pelicans. So, And that's leading up to the February 9th trade deadline. should mention this. Uh, it's not Kings-related, yeah. but you mentioned Brooklyn. Kevin Durant out the next month. That's it's the hottest team in the league. They've won, yeah. I think, 14 of 15 and 17 of 19 or yeah. something like that. Uh, and whatever momentum they've built, they're going to have to build on with Kevin Durant out. Yeah, yeah. Kyrie's weird injury good. got rolled up on yeah. yesterday. That was that was tough to see too. Um, that happens to him. Yeah. With the um, with the Kings though, the the thing that for me has been a little jarring, and now I'm trying to decipher if it's you know something that's jarring and. Is is a trend or it's just virtue of what happens when they play well? Those last two games, you know me, you know how I feel about this team. I know everybody wants to see more defense from them. But to me, that's their that's their basketball. When you talk about one thirty six, one thirty four, I think the Atlanta game was in the one twenties. One twenty, one seventeen. That's the that's King's basketball. That's where that's where I've said for a number of different times throughout the season, they bring you into the deep waters of scoring. And can you get – they're going to get to 120. Can you get there? And they've been able to lately, the other team. And that's something where it's like, ah, I, I'm not going to ask them to score more. You know what I mean? They're going to have to get some selective stops. And they they show – like in the, even in the game on Saturday, they did show that they can get, to, get some stops. And that's how they got back into the game because I think it was a nine-point game with like five minutes to go. And they got they got the stops to get it. Well, they eventually tied it or whatever. But I remember the moment I was talking to Trista as we were in our seats. I said, it's nine points. They'll get it to two. They'll get it to two at some point. The question is, are they going to be able to get over the hump and finish that thing? They did get it to two. They weren't able to finish it. And that's kind of the same thing that happened with Atlanta. They didn't play, like, particularly well. 
the whole time. But it always reminded me of like that Detroit game they had earlier this year where they didn't play well, but with three, four minutes to go, they did something on the defensive end, turned it up, knocked down a bunch of threes, and they pulled that game out. That's what the Atlanta game was, except then they didn't turn, they didn't pull it out. And that's what's got me a little off kilter. And I don't know if that's just, you know, indicative of a bigger problem or if it's going to be one of those things. You're not going to win all these close high scoring games. You're going to lose some just by the virtue of the fact that you don't play defense. That's what I'm trying to decipher right now. Yeah, I mean, even if you're playing good defense, these are still, I mean, they still have LeBron James mm-hmm. on the Los Angeles Lakers. They still have Thomas Bryant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, but they the still have Bryant. Russell Westbrook. They still have Dennis Schroeder, who should be an 80 or $90 million player, but decided to not take that contract and now plays for mm-hmm. pennies. Um, his agent didn't. It's his agent's fault. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. We for need them. to make it a strong habit of blaming agents for this and not play. And he still has a phantom. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you this too. It's <laughs> uh, not starving. The Kings, over the last, you know, we're, we're looking at a six game sample size now, right? They're three and three over that, but they have a one point win, a one point win, a two point win, and then they have a three point loss and a two point loss. Like, we are. The sky is falling. This is some chicken little stuff we got going on right here. That the sky is falling. This team is bad. And they're going to sink into oblivion, and that they're horrible. Well, they still are two games over five hundred with six winnable games stacked up in front of them. It's just at some point you're going to need to figure it out. You, you you can't keep playing this type of defense. And to watch them go from like, I think they got up to like fifteen, but they were fifteenth with a possibility to get up to twelve. And now they're like 25 in defense, and it's plummeting. Like what they've done over the last like 10 games, their defensive rating is like 121. It's just like 15 with the hope of getting to 12, 25 with the hope of getting nowhere. Yeah, because if you're 25, you're not Except going 30. to playoffs. Yeah, you know the other the other thing that I think uh, as people feeling some type of way and and a little concerned is the, the games they're losing. They're not losing to the upper echelon of the NBA. Nobody's, nobody's mad at Lakers them. Lakers are lo- below them, yeah. No, nobody's mad at them for losing to Memphis, right? But you look at Charlotte, Washington, the Lakers, and Atlanta, and it's like, oh, man, come on. Yeah, but That's where are those teams going to be at the end of the year? Atlanta's, okay, Atlanta's already back in the playoff picture. Charlotte's going to be in the top Charlotte's five in might the be the NBA worst team draft. in the league right now. Uh, yeah, well, I think Detroit still owns that. Detroit, uh, record-wise, I think I think Charlotte's the worst, aren't Charlotte's, they? Charlotte's uh, the 14th in the East. Uh, okay. They're they're a game ahead of Detroit, who has 32 losses. They both have 11 wins, and Houston is 10 and 30, so uh, they're a half so game that, behind Charlotte. That's well. Let's make sure to, that number stays at 10. Yeah, please. <laughs> that, that, that's my point. That's where you get to this week, right? Yeah. Where it's like, damn, come on, man! Like, where did you say Orlando was? Um, Orlando's actually got a decent record, I think. Do they? Like Orlando's like, fifteen and twenty five. Yeah, it's not ten games. It's not it. as bad as. Uh, yeah. I, okay. You're right. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. And Ben, ben Caro is just running away with the rookie of the year. I'm just absolutely running away. I mean, that guy's just a stud. Yeah. Start the conversation. I don't know why the Kings didn't draft him. <laughs> Paolo Bancaro, the new Franz Wagner. I don't know why the Kings didn't <laughs> just draft Paolo. Yeah. Or why they don't just trade for him right now? No, that's not happening. Uh, you don't trade twenty-year-olds when you're you're building from scratch. You might trade twenty-five-year-old if you're building from scratch, like the Utah Jazz are. So. Oh man, are you have you are you are you are you concerned, Hammer? No, I, like I don't think I'm concerned as much as I am. 
like there's got to be a big red button that says trade and and I want to see it. I, I don't need to wait another month. I've seen this team long enough. It's almost been 40 games. We've seen the roller coaster ride. We know who they are right now. We know what they need right now. What is it going to cost you? How long does it cost? You know, how many years out do you have to trade? Like, what is it that you're going to get hit with right now? And can you can you swing something? And I'm on the phone with Atlanta and trying to clear up my pick with them and seeing if I can get a player to to give them an unprotected pick in 2025. So now I got my 2023 and my 2027 to go out and make some noise with. But like this team, again, it's one or two small pieces away from being like a five, six, seven in this year's West. But this year's West might not be next year's West and the year after that. And if you want to start building towards something, if you want to start building towards not just a team that makes playoffs once, but a team that can be a perennial playoff team and a potential to go and take that next step and possibly be a championship contender at some point, you know you're a piece, a, a huge piece away from that. So if you can go get it right now, go look for it. Go go search it out. And, and hopefully there will be sellers, um, you know, and and I don't know if Laurie Marketing makes you a championship contender in two years, but he might. I don't know if OG Ananobi does that, but he might. So it just really does depend on, you know, what's it going to cost. And jump on board right now while there's not as much competition, I, I would say. I, I don't think that, like, the floodgate hasn't opened up yet. So get in early. Overpay. Like, I don't care. You're the kings. Overpay. Hmm. But go get that player that, that makes you a legitimate, legitimate contender in two years. I want to get to Sam real quick, but you concerned? Casey? Um, if uh, not yet, uh, ask me on Monday. I'll ask you. Ask, ask you Friday. Me on Monday. Next Monday. Okay. Yeah, ask me on Monday. All right. How I feel about? I might this. ask you. I hope I don't have to ask you Thursday. <laughs> um, let's get our brother Sam in here. Nine one six nine zero nine thirteen twenty. Sam, what's happening, man? Hey, good day. Hey, thanks for one of you gentlemen to chat with me real briefly at the Lakers game. I appreciate it. It was me, KC, hey, man. It was good seeing you, Sam. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it very much. You're a cool cat. Hey, can you uh, realistically right now give me two players or two teams that the Kings can trade for and make them a better team? And the players the Kings are going to give up, whether it be, uh, you know, whoever it might be, but can you give me two players or two teams that the Kings realistically can make a trade for right now and make them a better team? Mm. We appreciate you, Sam. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll let you rock because I think I know – I definitely know the first name you're going to say. I, I think I know the second one. Well, I mean, I, I've said it like a million times. Yep. I, I think Mason Plumlee is the right player for this Actually, team. that yeah. was my second one. Yeah, and second and one. <laughs> PJ Washington is right there. I also – like, it It just depends on what – Okay, well, I sw- I'm swinging and missing <laughs> everywhere. I thought you were going to we'll say, say Lori. Yeah. I thought you were yeah. going to yeah. say Lori. That's your then. shade and sharp, Lori Marketing. <laughs> well, except for he's really, really good. Have you seen shade and sharp? <laughs> he's, been, he's been good. I know, I know. The man's 19 years old. Yeah, like, like I, I think that there is a deal out there, but – Unless we peel back the layers and we actually know who's is it, become available, so so it's, I'm going to pull pull back to a conversation we, we, we uh, uh, that we were having earlier. But hypothetical fantasy land, you land Lori, right? Let, let's let's go with that. Like okay, okay, you get that. 
That'd be awesome. Don't you? You you probably still need to go get Mason Plumley though. Yes. And, okay. There's yes. There, there's probably because with all due due respect, like those aren't the same tier of players. Like a but 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 a but a Mason Plumley addresses a an issue, a clear mm-hmm. issue that the Kings have. Laurie Marketing probably makes the Kings a lot better. But the the thing for me in that, and James, tell me if I'm off, is they. I think the Kings only have room for one move. So you got to decide if it's going to be a big one or a little one. But you no. don't have. Well, so if you make the little one, how are you going to make the big one? Because this team has a bunch of second round picks. The, that's not the big. That's not going to be the big one. No, no. You to make OG. the little one, to make the little one, you got enough second round picks and you got enough expiring contracts to make it work. And, and to make a big move, again, you have to look at Utah in a different way. Like Utah, if if you were, you could go to Utah with a guy like Rashawn Holmes because Utah is they're faced with a situation where they know that they're not going to be good for a couple of years. But in the NBA, you still have to be within ninety percent of the salary cap, so you got it you got to like load up your salary no matter what. So for them to pay Rashawn Holmes 11 and a half and 12 and a half million over the next two years, that's not a big deal for them. So as long as you're making enough of a, of a play where Mason Plumley makes like 9 million bucks and the Kings have, you know, Alex Len at four, they got Terrence Davis at four. They've got, uh, you know, Chemezi Metu at two. They've got Trey Lyles at 2.6. We're still talking about like players on, on guaranteed contracts for this year. Mm-hmm. Even you've got uh, Matthew Della Vadova at 2.6 million bucks. It takes two of those players to go make that deal and to go get the player that, and, and maybe a second round pick in order to rent Mason Plumley for the remainder of the season. Cause he's a, a restrictive, I mean, unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Then you go look and see what you can do with all this other stuff. Like, do you have enough to go get a, a guy like Lori? And again, Laurie, the reason why I keep bringing him up is, number one, he's 25, and he fits your player arc perfectly. Number two, he's under contract this year, like 16-5, 17-5, and like 18. So you don't even need that much to go get. Like, again, we're talking about you can get a just, like, don't, don't like, think I'm saying this the wrong way, but, like, just salary cap-wise, not considering what you're going to have to give up in addition to salary cap, you can give up Rashawn Holmes, and almost any one of those players that we mentioned to get, like a Davion Mitchell, like salary-wise, they match to go get Laurie. Now, are you going to have to give up two first-round picks on top of that? Yes. Um, even if you were to give up Keegan Murray, Keegan Murray makes a ton of money. as a fourth pick in the draft. He makes like $8 bucks, $9 bucks. Mm-hmm. So it, does, it all it takes is that and Alex Lynn and one other player, and you got the deal done. So, like, there's a, a lot of ways that Kings can do things here. The Kings could even take back Rudy Gay in a weird deal to, like, placate the the Jazz because he's got a $6.5 million player option for next year that he's Ooh. most certainly going to pick Ooh. up. Well, no, it's okay, though. You stretch provision him. and Oh, it my breaks, God, is that still a thing? Yeah, it breaks it up. His contract is $6 million bucks over you three bring years. Bring back the amnesty clause. Yeah. <laughs> But if you if you stretch provision him, you free up four million dollars right away, and and you pay him two million three years in a row. That's no big deal. I have a question. Yep, I'm going to ask it. I'm a broadcast journalist. And it's gonna piss Is a it lot a two part question? Nope, <laughs> nope. Because I'm a more responsible broadcast journalist, and it's going to piss people off. And I understand that, but I'm asking a question. Do you call Charlotte and ask them about the other guy? 
No. Which one? Under no circumstances? No. Okay. Oh, no. I'm just asking. Mm-mm. So his so is that individual's career just over? Somebody will give him a shot, but I don't think it needs to be the Kings. Well, I mean, talk about a player who would fit. I mean, but you just can't. I don't think you can do that. Can't touch him. I don't think you can do that. Okay, you, you're you're both saying the same thing. So his career's over then. I just want to make sure we're establishing that young him. man. The Kings can't do it. No. Well, I heard that the the rumor that Charlotte had initiated conversations with him was not was not factual. So I don't think his career is over though. Like it may take hmm. a year or two, but I don't think his it's, career is over. How long has it been? Well, it just is this the summer. first season? Yeah, oh, this first season. Okay. Yeah, I mean All he's right, gonna I'm have just... a tough time climbing back in the league. Um, like and rightfully and, and so. And I don't and I don't even I don't even want to be like um, I'm not not sensitive to what happened, but then he was doing stuff before that. Like if I'm trying to sign it, like this guy's he's a wacko. Like his decision making is off. Like how could I trust him to do anything? Okay. I'll tell you this: they they do have like a a couple of guys here in Sacramento that could give them an honest answer about what he's like off the court. Mm. They not only did Jay Triano spend a lot of time, but also one of the other Kings assistants. And then on top of that, Michael uh, Media Relations was mm-hmm. in Charlotte for the last couple of years. They they know who that that guy is and could give you an honest assessment. Let's just save PJ. I'm all for that. I've been all about yeah. saving PJ. Uh, we have to go. We have, uh, with Jesse Terms, a hard out right now. Uh, college football championship coming up next here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Go Kings! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.